And welcome back to Prem de la Prem, episode four. I know you thought we weren't coming back, but here we are. We have we are a lot, a lot to talk about. At least four match weeks, probably five. Champions League, and more importantly, Europa League now underway. James, how are we doing? <laughs> are we going to skip past the Arsenal, fact you said, you Arsenal said Europa has League, not Champions League? Yeah, it, it this we we went a long time, but it feels so short because Arsenal didn't lose, and that usually doesn't last that long. So oh, we are until February. Yeah, I am in a I am riding high, and that's not just because I'm on some heavy pain medication right now after dislocating my shoulder. But I didn't want to get doing? off track this. I didn't want to get off track this quickly. But I told you I was home? on. I told you I was on pain meds, though. I know, and I said I wasn't going to bring it up. But oh, okay. What's uh? Just, yeah, what happened? I was just playing racquetball at the uh, the company <laughs> retreat. Was uh, was really about to just bury whoever I was playing, swinging overhand, a little too much exuberance, and uh, outslid my shoulder. Been here before, had dislocated shoulders before, but uh, nothing we can't come back from. Yeah, no, I did it at my I did it playing dodgeball at cor- college orientation as well. I've done it at some pretty interesting times. <laughs> so the work retreat, college orientation, hustle comes at a price. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I got. I don't have an off switch, so I guess that's something I should learn to do. But yeah. um, in any case, well, yeah, um, it's been I'll some time. What. Actually, I went to the Emirates, uh, dislocated yeah. my shoulder. A lot's happened. Yeah, you've been all over the country. At times, your shoulder's been in place. At other times, not. <laughs> and here we are. I think two months past our last episode. So Yikes. thanks for sticking with us, whoever's listening. I even had a couple people say, where's the latest episode? Wow. Which is a very strange feeling, considering... The absolute garbage quality of the first episode that we made. Mama, we made it. Three episodes I'd actually, in. I'd love to see a stat of people who uh, tuned in and then heard the whistle and that kind of like blew out their eardrums and they were like, <laughs> fuck this, I'm out. The, what, what is our drop off at, at the whistle? Probably pretty Yeah, high. yeah, over under um, 33% of listeners. Yeah. I'll take the over. Hammer the over. Uh, but yeah, no, I I was in uh, I was in Europe for a bit. Made my way to the Emirates for the Arsenal Everton game, um, which we should talk about if we're going to talk VAR this episode. Uh, we we got a lot, I'm sure, in that in that time frame. But that one stood well, out. Well, um, why why don't we kick it off with United? Yeah, because I feel like I've you got you got a lot on your chest. I feel like I've lived a thousand lives <laughs> since we've last chatted. Oh man, yeah, I mean, you've. How are you? How are you doing with United? Do you are you are you buying this this upward swing after a, a, oh, a second geez. half? Well, let let's go on a journey, okay. and we'll come full circle with how I'm feeling right now. But to set okay. the scene on where we last chatted, we had just lost two back to back. I th- I believe it was Brighton away, which was the shocker, and then couldn't couldn't correct course against Spurs at home. Mm-hmm. And that left us going into a stretch of Burnley right before the inter- the first international break, um, mm-hmm. which I was pretty confident we were going to win, and we did win. And that was like the that don't impress me much kind of thing. And yeah. then uh, what was after? Oh, uh, we had uh, Watford. Watford. We had Watford, and that was the like the tease win where I was like, all right, we're back on track. Let's go. Yeah. Um, from there, dominated the young boys in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Shout out Ashley Young's boys, who could not show up and play a good game. <laughs> uh, 
And then from there, it was the um, it was the banana peel of home against Wolves, the devastating one one where I think if the game went on for five more minutes, we would have lost. Really? So yeah, yeah, that one was tough. And at home, I put, as well. a, I put a lot of it on myself because I slept through the first half and I felt like I let the boys down. Mm. So I, I mean, was it that early? I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand on that one. It wasn't a 4.30. I haven't done that yet this year. But No. Okay. Uh, from there, lost to Darby. And that was – was that bottom? No, that wasn't bottom. Stay tuned. That wasn't rock bottom. Lost to Darby on penalties, managed by Frank Lampard, who even after retiring managed to let me down one more time. Yeah, he, was the, he was the ultimate couldn't support him at club level. And when he went to play for England, I was like, finally, like – one of the greatest English players of our generation. Can't wait to support him. And he absolutely blew it. And now he's back as a manager just doing the exact same thing that he did when he was at Chelsea. So, yeah, appreciate that. Uh, West Ham West Ham was rock bottom where I think – I don't think I've done this in the Mourinho era where I sat down to watch a game and I thought we were going to lose. Before, before it started? Yeah, before it started. I thought we were going to lose that game. And – um Three one. It was the kind of game where when Rashford had a, I think he had a really impressive goal to pull it back to two one. That it mm-hmm. didn't even it didn't even change anything or, or hype the team up. It it ended up being three one um, lost and not a shred of intent or dignity or playing for the manager, playing for the badge. I didn't see any of that at West Ham. Um, Fast forward to Valencia, which was a Tuesday Champions League draw, which all in all, like take a step back. That's a pretty exciting Champions League game. Mm -hmm. Valencia, pretty storied Spanish team. And it was under the lights at Old Trafford. And I, I didn't even check the the score updates. You know, I was, I was busy at work, but I didn't, I didn't check the score updates. And um, normally I find some time for that anyway, but just ending up zero, zero kind of reaffirmed exactly where we were in that position. And on that journey that you've since taken with me, that puts us at the Newcastle game that was a week ago. And wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a microcosm of that entire journey, too, just in that one game. Yeah. And it all started with Gary Neville, one of the most outspoken guys in the entire punditry, uh, in the entire punditry world. He came out and was in disbelief that rumors of Mourinho already being sacked had came out. So he was going off on something that he thought was a done deal. And that made me believe that Mourinho was actually already set to be booted, no matter the result of this game. So that set the scene. We were coming in with the worst start in the David Moyes era, I think, um, which just tells you kind of how dire it was. Is that what you call the the post-Ferguson era? Well, yeah. I mean, it was – okay – since David Moyes, post Ferguson era. Well, yeah, that's no. I knew what you meant, but that's an interesting name for the era. That's all I'm saying. I mean, if you ask Man U fans, they set their timelines based on David Moyes. No other man. Interesting. Okay. Well, no, I would that's... argue it's probably more <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson, who I believe he made a return to Old Trafford. So that's a that's a he did. That is uh, a positive thing on a on a number of I'm, levels. Yeah, you need to take a second and just appreciate that. I think sadly it was Wolves at home. So mm. didn't really show out for him. But right. the spirit, whether or not he was there in person, the spirit of Ferguson, as we found out, was there 
at the Newcastle game, which he's is amazing. They were all saying, along. <laughs> he's been there all <laughs> along. He's been inside all of us. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> Freezing. <laughs> um, it was the uh, it was the first time we came back from two nil down since, and I remember watching this game when I was in high school. Since we went down two nil at home to Tottenham and ended up winning five nil, and that was the kind of game where you just you just knew you knew at halftime they had they had Carlos Tevez and Berbatov to throw on from the bench. So, at th- I mean, at 2-0 down, halftime, we th- at one point had on the pitch Ronaldo, Carlos Tevez, Wayne Rooney in his prime, and Dimitar Berbatov. Yeah. So. I mean, that was just kind I of mean, the M.O. for United for so many years, which was you just don't – it doesn't matter what the score is. There's a point that they could always turn it up. And, I mean, he Ferguson wrote about it in his book where – that was just the mentality is we always have the ability to just throw everything at the wall with 15 minutes mm-hmm. to go and we're better than them. And if we have that, mm-hmm. you know, people playing for the badge and the crowd believes it's going to happen, you know, the team starts to believe it's going to happen. And they did it so many times. Um, so that that had to have brought you back a little bit to, to the Ferguson days against Newcastle. It did bring me back, but that game itself – it, it's funny when Ferguson would have those those comebacks. When you went down two nil, it was, wow, we're not playing well today. This sucks. Versus, mm-hmm. our manager's gonna get fired today. Yeah, like we went down two nil against Newcastle, and I remember sitting on the couch just being, so this is how it ends. Right. You know, it's it's over. This is terrible. And then you know you sub Bai off uh, thirty minutes in. R.I.P. to his career. Yeah. <laughs> that hug. That hug was. Uh, was pretty telling of where that relationship stands and a, yeah. and a bit of a goodbye more than anything else. But, you know, you, you know, credit, I, I guess credits, I'll get to this take later. Credit is where it's due to Mourinho in throwing on Mata at 30 minutes who ended up, you know, scoring that first free kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martial and then Sanchez. Actually, sorry, Martial was playing the whole game, but he threw on Sanchez as well, as well who we know got the winning goal. And... Um, it was at that point where I thought if Mata did not put in that free kick, it wasn't going to happen. And, of course, that was the catalyst. The second goal was an amazing free-flowing back and forth between Pogba and Martial. Right. And then Sanchez, I know you've got your own personal yeah. opinions aside on this guy, but those three players to score were probably the three players I would have picked out as happiest to have them score. Right. Martial needed it. Sanchez, you saw it on his face. He needed it so badly. And... Just like that, where people are talking about this being the turn in the season, which I completely disagree with. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think it's gone from Mourinho getting fired after this game to open-ended. He could even see out his contract. But the two things I want to talk to you about are, one, are the players actually playing for him? Which... I don't know. I think a lot of the Twitter world was saying this just proves that players are playing for Mourinho. I don't think you need to play for your coach to have pride and play for something. And I don't think they were playing for him more so than just trying to salvage a bit of pride mm-hmm. in the fact that you're Manchester United. Um, and then looking ahead, what are the goals? What are the expectations? How long would we actually keep him? Do we need to tank? to get rid of him or is it like an end of season measured top four or not top four or bust you know that's what keeps his job so 
I just talked for what feels like a lifetime, but I'd love to get an outside, uh, no, at I, least from a I, fan perspective. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to, this. I wanted to let you go because there was there's plenty of times where I could have just you know come in with a bull like a bull in a china shop and wrecked your wrecked your train of thought. Uh, but no, I appreciated the the thoroughness of it. For for me. Um, I kind of agree with you that there's a there's you don't need to like your manager or, or really even like your club to just be a professional. Um, I don't think this is the case with um, Aiden Hazard, but I think he's like the perfect example of someone who's made it very clear that there's at least a possibility he might be moving on, but still playing 100% where he still is. Uh, you know, you, Coutinho didn't do yeah. that. There's many examples of other people who haven't done that because they wanted to force a move. Um, I don't think anyone's necessarily forcing a move out of United. So I think that there there's a point where it's just there's a professional level of p- pride. And losing 2 nothing at home to Newcastle is a pretty bad place to be as Manchester United, regardless of what's going on with your coach, regardless of what your town is. It's, like, it's, it's not like they're losing to a mid-table side. They're losing to... I think that they're sitting 19th, Newcastle is, in the Premier League. To be down 2 nothing at home to that team is like, you, that, that's got to shake people. I'd like to see what happens in another game before I'll say, these guys are playing for real now. Cause we, I, I, and, and maybe this is just a little cynicism on my end, but so many times uh, over the last couple of years at Arsenal, when you know there's like, Wenger needs to go, Wenger, all this shit, it's... It was. There were moments where you thought, okay, they've they've started to back him. They've started to show their class, mm-hmm. and then the next game mm-hmm. they go out and lose, you know, to Brighton, mm-hmm. you know, and show nothing, no heart or at all. It's, so I'd like to. It's see not it a to game. S- it's yeah. progress, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah, th- that that and that's an interesting segue into your second point, which was what what are the new expectations for United? Are you? I mean, you're you have thirty games left in the Premier League. Is the Premier League out of reach? Because when we talked at the beginning of the season, you didn't think you'd get there, but that's where you had, kind of had your eyes. Yeah, I mean, every single season. Well, that's that's the weight of being the manager at one of the most valuable clubs in the world, right. biggest clubs in the world. It's, it's win or bust, but I think – I like to think some reality set in as bottom line you need to make top four. Mm-hmm. And I don't think – I don't think anyone's really under the illusion that we have the squad to compete with City at the level it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was an interesting, um, interesting stat, or I, I don't know if it was a stat so much as like a bit of analysis from one of the commentators at the game. They were saying the Glazers, for all their faults, are extremely pragmatic in the sense that we did not fire a manager until we knew the top four was out of reach, and. Moyes, um, I think we were mathematically out of the top four in that game at Everton where we mm-hmm. lost and then they fired him. Uh, Louis van Hall, they let him win the FA Cup and then fired him about five minutes after the post-match interview of the FA Cup. Not the classiest move, but, I mean, the no. point remains. It was, it was, it was very pragmatic. And with, um, with Jose, um, I picture – okay, so – if you look at the upcoming stretch of games, it's not easy, and we can get back to that. But walk with me on this journey of mm-hmm. results are mediocre at best. You get to Christmas, and you're not ma- – obviously, it's early. You're not mathematically out of the top four. But are we going to be okay with seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, by midseason? I don't think so. 
and I, I think this is where his reputation precedes him because with any other manager, it's like pack your bags and get out. But he stands by the idea of seeing out this contract no matter what. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what move the owners make. And just quickly touching on that, I think, point that I made a little earlier, I do not buy the fact that players are all of a sudden playing for the manager or that, you know, it's it's everyone back on the same page. I think this was such a paper over the cracks win mm-hmm. where, you know, we showed spirit and we showed fight and credit to the fans because Old Trafford, one of the things that I've hated lately is how quiet it is. And I think they knew the importance of that win and what it actually signified. And right. it didn't go quiet when we went 2-0 down. So I think that played a big part. And I think that kind of stirred something in the players to realize we can't lose this game. Mourinho aside, we can't lose this game as a collective group of players playing for Manchester United. Yeah. I mean, it reflected poorly on them. There's a point where you wonder about the coach, and then there's a point where you're getting spanked at home against Newcastle where you know that there's <laughs> – good. Like, Answer all the questions about the coach, and you're still going to have questions. There's some, there's there's just something wrong with that performance, and they showed their class. You have to give them credit there, and a guy, guys that you know weren't necessarily, I mean, they, they just weren't in form. Showed their class. That that's got to be yeah. a little encouraging. I don't again, that's a. You would have liked for them to have kind of a Champions League game midweek, and then a Premier League game the, the weekend after to see if they could maintain that momentum instead of going straight on international break but you know it is what it is we'll see Not maybe the the, maybe it was a well maybe it was a well time break to give people a good feeling reset their minds i don't know big game coming back he's also he's also trying out the new strategy of just no defense which we'll, we'll see we'll see the longevity of that that's yeah. football that's that's soccer in 20 2018 at man u yeah. defenders can't play out of the back pogba's your center back yeah. solved I mean, when you're down two, you got nothing to lose. So we'll see what he does to start the next game. But, yeah, I did want to talk to you about Baye because I think that we talked, maybe not on air, but at length about how he's the he's the future of that position at United. And you have mm. to buy somebody in January, don't you? Mm. I think it's dawned on Mourinho that these players he's brought in aren't good enough. And that is the that is the make or break of his managerial career at United. It all starts with the center back pairing. And when he's gone into his old clubs, he's figured that out and got it down and trusted that these two players are going to win me a Premier League title. Mm-hmm. And right now, he was never totally happy with the players he inherited. And I don't know if you think Rojo, Small, Inner Jones can win you a title i'll leave that up to the general public no, no but yeah no you're seeing the players he's brought in are losing spots to not rojo because he's injured but jones and smalling are still mm-hmm. getting a decent amount of playing time over by ian lindelof i mean hell he poor mctominay he uh <laughs> he gets slotted into center back and then gets hooked to the substitution bench for not playing that role and it's like what do you want me to do yeah well he's like when he's you, a deep he's a deep lying midfielder and he likes what he was able to do once united had a possession but guess what i mean it's a it's a there's not too many people you can move around like that certainly yeah. not at a high level like you can you, you can have kind of utility players like um 
you know, f- for to use a United Daily Blend comes to mind, a guy that could play literally all over the place just well enough. So he had a lot of value to your team, both as a, pretty much as a squad player, but he ended up starting because of that value and because of probably the the quality United right. has. But McTominay's not that guy. I don't think you, I don't no, think that it doesn't seem like a lot of people on United are that guy. Like I'd like to be, I'd like to yeah. see Marshall play on the other side of the field or play centrally, maybe even up top. Or you know, it seems like everyone is put into this very specific position, and I don't know. I think that you've gone too far where you just have pigeonhole people to start playing with it now. It seems like kind of a backwards thing or desperation thing, rather. Yeah, and again, going back to this idea of the center back pairing, I mean, FIFA potential be damned. I don't think Lindelof is <laughs> is good enough. <laughs> so, so, um, so let me ask you this: It sounds like. I think your your best case scenario, Bai and Mourinho somehow work it out, and he regains form. I still th- I think Bai's good enough. Uh, but if you're telling me yeah, you don't that's... think Lindelof is good enough, and those other guys aren't good enough, are you buying somebody in January? That's a rough time to have to buy a center back. But you gotta. Are you going to try and do something this year, or is that something you're going to wait to try and resolve in the summer? I think January. I think January needs to be a statement um, transfer window because it wasn't really? this past summer. And that's how, I mean, go back to our first episode that we did. It was, you know, United going into a new season, expectations are going to be high, but it felt strange from the from the outset because he was disappointed with his transfer window and there was discontent between him and Ed Woodward because we brought in, we brought in Fred. We brought in Fred. And uh, that outstanding How's he been? question. How's he been, Fred? If you don't mind, not me bad. He tangent. he scored he scored that goal against Wolves. Um, mm-hmm. Not great to be a consistent starter. So we have a lot of. I mean, this is going to be beating a dead horse because we bring it up every week. But someone out there, name me the starting eleven. You know, versus Liverpool, you can do it a hundred percent. And City are so spoiled that they can have multiple. They can have multiple starting 11s that are just as good. But yeah. usually you have to nail down your best team. And I think Mourinho, just building from the bottom up, now that he's realized his center back pairing isn't really panning out for whatever reason, um, he's trying to grab onto something that that sticks in this free fall and it's playing players out of position, trying out different things. And your third season is not really the time to be trying out different things. Okay, so It's going with the tried and true. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I guess that the way that I can see this, even if he doesn't do well in the league, um, I still like United in in the Champions League. I thought, I th- I, th- I think they'll still come out of that group. Maybe Valencia, but if they're in the <laughs> knockout round of of the Champions League, that extends him. They're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna change a manager before he's out of the Champions League. Would I, I really don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you think? Well, well, what do you, what are you expecting? You know, it, I I'm, I'm I expecting say... them to get through to the knockout round, and then I think they oh, have, I think that they're a good enough side that unless they draw Bayern or uh, Juventus again, which I don't think they can in the first round, or like M- Madrid, Barcelona, you know, one of those teams that's just an automatic loss for basically whoever they run up against, they're a good enough side that they could just win you know 
and get through a couple rounds if they get lucky on the draws. Yeah, it's really... St- the Champions League this year is strange because, again, spoiled from the Ferguson era, that was an exciting prospect. You used to go in and really have ambition. And this year, it's it's a bit of a dud because I'm not expecting us to get knocked out in the first round, but I'm not getting my hopes up because, yeah, maybe you get to the round of 16, but once you reach the quarterfinals, unless it's like an England World Cup situation where you're just drawn through... Mm-hmm. To the semis or the finals it's um i i don't really know what to expect out of this it's i think we're gonna do okay. okay i don't think that i guess going back to your question i don't think the champions league is the make or break for jose season mm. what we might see happen is premier league tank even more and he goes all in on champions league that's right that's, that's kind of what i'm saying it's like i think that i think that he knows where he's at in the league I think the players know where they're at in the league, even though they're only they're seven points off the pace with thirty games to play. It's it's kind of like you know you know you know just given your issues and how everything's working for other teams, right? It's going to take a lot because you're going to need three teams to slip. But in the Champions League, it's just okay. Let's just figure out our locker room, figure out the kind of football we're playing. We can afford to do that in the Premier League because we're not as competitive as we wanted to be. And maybe they figure it out. Maybe they get some people in form at the right time. Like if Sanchez catches form, you're a drastically different team. That is such a make-or-break strategy where you'd almost rather be in the Europa League if that's your strategy. You know, like if you're tanking in the Premier League, Europa League, you think you can make it to the final and get that berth that will put you back in oh, the yeah, Champions it's a long League. Shot. If you're if you're in the Champions League, you know for a fact you're gonna get a buzzsaw in the semifinals, if not the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. And for me, if I'm being completely realistic, I would be satisfied with our campaign if we made it to the quarterfinals. I'd be happy if we made it to the semifinals. Right. Oh which, yeah, I think I think a lot of United fans that were being real would share that sentiment. Yeah, it, so it, I guess it goes back to why I'm not even considering it, which sucks because the you know Old Trafford in the floodlights, mm-hmm. the Champions League song, all those memories, just like yeah, those are the best nights in soccer, and the like. I didn't I didn't even tune into any of that United Valencia game because this competition, I don't know what to. What like what's in it for us this season? I don't think much other than just rooting on the team. You know, you're, right. you're going to root on the team, but um, you know, yeah, I feel you. things really come together. I just say as um, as an Arsenal fan, appreciate your time in the Champions League. Watch as many games as you can. There's no song in the Europa <laughs> League. <laughs> just a guy playing a flute. <laughs> it's the it's the one band member that's on retainer. They right. take him from the Champions League and they just get him to record some B cuts. You know, it's actually so we uh, the finals in Azerbaijan this year for the Europa League, and there's a group, there's a group there's a team in Arsenal's group that's from Azerbaijan, and Mkhitaryan can't go there like legally, so he didn't yeah, come with us yeah, I mean, to when we went there, and I think it's pretty fucked up that there's a chance that we're in the final of the Europa League and Mkhitaryan can't come into the country. Like, is that like the new version of Cup Tide? That's like yeah. the new you can't play against your parent club. It's a war-torn yeah. country. You can't yeah. go there. Yeah, and I mean, I think that – I don't know. Call call me crazy, but I think you, you 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 keep finals out of places with, you know, disputes of that magnitude. But, you know. 
Moving what on. an Arsenal fan <laughs> thinking ahead to the complexities of an Armenian-Azerbaijan conflict in the finals of the Europa League. Credit to you. You got to watch out for it, but... Well, yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'm seeing we are every damn week. I'm seeing we're hitting 30 minutes and we're on our first subject. So, <laughs> Jesus It's Christ. been a while. It's Let's, been a while. This I know. Take we people through say. multiple car rides. And I, I don't, hey, I don't feel yeah. like we've rambled. I appreciate everyone out there. Yeah. Uh, let's do this. Uh, next up for United, just to close it out. This is going back to Newcastle and beyond. That was a paper through the cracks. Here? I'm doing all comps. That okay. was a paper of the cracks uh, game where we won. It was that old feeling of a comeback victory. Yep. Feel good factor right now. How do we build on it? Let's look ahead. <laughs> um, Chelsea, Juventus, those two games, big tone setters. In between the games that you kind of overlook, home to Everton, away to Bournemouth. Everton, I never call an easy game, whether it's home or away. Bournemouth, one of the surprise teams of this season. And then that trails off with the second half of the Juve tie and then the Manchester Derby. So this is, I mean, it's really a three week spell. Let's call, let's call this the season. It's either, it's going to go one of three ways. It's going to (laughs) be, he won't, he won't have a job. We're going to be fully back on track or the most likely version where we're going to get a mediocre amount of results to, to keep this going. You know, let's say like maybe you tie both the Juventus games. You you lose one of the Chelsea, you lose either Chelsea or City and win the other one. And then Everton or Bournemouth, you win one and tie the other. It's, you know, just mediocrity to get through that, that stretch of games. But that is telling on where we stand as a team. Yeah, I think that when you look at that schedule, you you look at the... Um... You look at the Everton. The games that I'm looking at really are the Everton and the Burnmouth games. Those are the games that tell me whether or not this United team has truly turned the corner. Because they could, they could. Was that was was that a dig? No, it wasn't. That no, had no, been no, a dig. Not at all. No. I'm, l- hear me out. Hear me out. Because the any result against Chelsea is possible. Any result against Chelsea is possible. Win, lose, draw. It doesn't really. It's not. That's not going to tell you unless they get absolutely picked apart that you know anything has really changed. They have the class to beat them. They have the slip-ups. Same thing as Juventus. Uh, at home against Everton is a game where, you, like you said, it's not going to be an easy game. And they're, they're, a, they're a tough side. Pickford's, you know, Pickford and Keane do a pretty good job in the back. They make it tough for other teams to score. And then you have Burnmouth, who, like you said, they're on the surprise team. Those teams are kind of like – they're almost like a measuring stick where, you know, they're going to give you a really tough game and you have to play well to beat them. And then that's where it's just United's class. It's it, basically they've got to play to a certain level where their class will be the separator. That's kind of a that, that, I think that's a good sentence to sum up my whole point. That's why I'm looking at those yeah. games. And I wanted to ask you this before we we wrap up on United is because uh, wh- whatever happens in the City Chelsea games is what it is. I'm I'm more curious about them in the Champions League, and this is a tough game because Valencia has young boys presumably twice in the same span so what what kind of points are you expecting what do you you know what is your best case scenario do you see it and then what do you absolutely need like can you get by with two losses and still be in good shape good enough shape in the Champions League at the very least 
I think Valencia is coming out with four points. Right now, uh, you're up three points on them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because they lost to Juventus, right? They lost to Juventus and right. drew, drew United. And so they have right. two okay, young boys. So I think games. <laughs> the youngest of boys. I think yeah. Valencia is getting uh, at least four points out of those two. Uh, so when you look at United, I. I think you want let's set targets. You know, at home you want to set the target of winning. At away, uh, away you want to set the target of not losing. So, I don't know. Two points, I'd be like, okay, let's make the most out of these last two games. Valencia away, um, young boys at home for sure. Four points, I'd be happy, and then obviously six points, I'd be over the moon. Okay, then that's a little more optimistic than you thought. I thought you'd be happy with two. I'd be pretty really? happy. I thought you'd be happy with splitting the splitting the Juventus ties. Well, I, like I like I think that's what I said. Uh, like I'll take it. You know. No. It's, yeah. 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 I mean. Yeah. It's what I, you I need. It's what you need to get. So I think there's a difference between like what you need to get out of games and what you'd be happy with. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I was just curious on that. Yeah. No. But I mean, you you hit the nail on the head on. I like your point on. Everton and Bournemouth, just those are the games that you need to dispatch. And right. you can worry about the big games. I mean... Like, those games will make you nervous, I think, right now. Because that's the game that you know that you need the result from. Yeah, it's like it's like we're thrown into a, situa- a situation where we have to run before we can walk. And we've been crawling. You know, yeah. you're going you're gonna to go up against Chelsea, but that, like, who are in great form. But mm-hmm. the... The way to get back on track is to win those games, the Everton at home and the um, Bournemouth away. But segue alert, we can mm-hmm. get off this topic. Whoop, Talk whoop. about winning the games that you need to win. Arsenal not under Wenger on a hell of a stretch against everything. Each game I've been calling a banana peel game because for Arsenal, any game is a banana peel game. And they've passed with flying colors. I think yeah. they've gone full opposite of Wenger in the sense that they're winning these games that could at any point slip them up. And sure, they might have lost their first two games against the top six, but they're making a pretty good resume for themselves. Yeah, there would be um, nine straight in all competitions. Um, so six in the Premier League, two in the Europa, and then one in the shout out our sponsor, the Carabao Cup. Uh, it, it's Congrats. been, it's been, um, yeah, it hasn't been good. I don't think I'm riding as high as, as a lot of Arsenal fans are. Um, I don't think we've, we've really found our identity yet as, as a team. Uh, I think we're getting closer there. I think we're playing better. Um, I still don't think there's enough room for Ramsey and Ozil on the same field. Um, especially if, if you're going to play Lacazette and Aubameyang, which who's, I think is just a, a game. Who's a, you better? You need to do that. Who? It's Ozil. It's Ozil. Ozil and Ramsey? You sure? Yeah. I'm I'm, you, you, I'm of the mind that, um, that, that awful, Mr. Ramsey awful will tough be, to see. be gone. Awful in, tough uh, to see with the butthole eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Still picks out a run. Still picks out a run. He's got a – yeah, he's, he's, they're, they're just wide open and, and rounded for complete vision. Uh, no, but uh, they've done, like you said, I think something that so many times I have just wished for, which is finding a way to win, winning ugly, 
beating the teams they should beat. They're doing a lot of things that would just frustrate me to no end. So I'm not going to complain about how they're doing it yet. Uh, I think Ian Wright said it very well, you know, for the longest time, meaning basically the last few years under Wenger, you know, you look at, you look what Arsenal does, and they do okay against the top six. Maybe not the last couple of years, but you know they've they've found ways against the top six, and then they'll lose four or five games against yeah. the teams at the bottom of the table, and they'll draw games that they shouldn't draw. Uh, and especially the year Leicester won the league, that those were the types of games truly that kept them out, kept pro- probably prevented them from winning the league. Uh, and so for them to do that, I think it is a major step in the right direction. I, I forgot that, that. I forgot yeah. that was the year Arsenal was supposed to win. Yeah, they finished second. Yeah. And ten, maybe eleven points off the pace. You know, it was just they, they let that one go. I mean, no, no, no disrespect to to Lester, but you know, you would expect Got it. Arsenal to find everyone was bad that year. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Uh, but no, I am, I am encouraged. I I think that they are doing a lot of good things, and we talked about this previously that they were going to come up against a stretch that, from the naked eye, looked like looked like the time for them to make a run uh and to get in kind of get their get their bearings under Emery because like you said they had that, that horrible start mm-hmm. which is a you know, trial by fire mm-hmm. and you know you know I'm not going to make the case for it because Arsenal did plenty of things wrong but if they take their chances in that Chelsea game that's a much different game and you know Arsenal's sitting on top of the table and then we've just lost at home at City they didn't do that but they played well enough afterward um it doesn't seem just looking at the schedule ahead you know, we, we got a couple weeks of manageable games, and then it's just Liverpool and I guess you got to say Wolves now and Burnmouth. But yeah, mm-hmm. okay, so our, our November's pretty tough: Liverpool, Wolves, and uh, Burnmouth. But uh, yeah, I got Leicester, Crystal Palace before then, and then you're in the Europa League, obviously. So, uh, and Emery's been playing pretty much a first team in the Europa League in the group stages, which I thought was a uh, interesting decision, but. I think it's helped. So helped is the team he find their how's form. He, how's he, as someone closer to the games, um, how how's he playing them? If he's playing his first team, is he resting or is he just doubling down on his on his best team? Um, it's a little bit of both. You know, you'll get, um, you know, guys like Mkhitaryan, uh, Iwobi, and you know, Welbeck. Uh, they'll get a start, whereas they might not have gotten the start in the Premier League. You know, the guys that you want to get, get minutes. Uh, but then he'll he'll start, you know, Socrates, Bellerin, you know, for the most part, they're playing, they're playing their first team. Uh, you get Maitland Niles back into 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 training. You getting Kosielny mm-hmm. back into training. Kalisniak is back into training. Uh, there's some interesting interesting things that could come together here. But uh, I still, yeah, I still don't know that Emery knows, and the team knows what what they play, who they play best with, what kind of combinations work the best uh it's felt mm-hmm. like to me i think a should be in your starting 11 with the form he's been in i think he has really really flourished under emery and that's a guy that i've always rooted for but you know so many times he looked hurried under wenger and you know taking shots that you know, went out for corner or for throw-ins you know just never really found his form and so for him to find his form i think that's probably one of the most encouraging things uh for me obviously lock is that yeah, finding his form as good. well yeah uh, but yeah, I still worry about uh, that midfield. That midfield against those those tougher teams. Right. I mean, there's obviously things you want to improve on, but to the team's credit, as like I don't want to. 
I don't want to make out Arsenal to be this juggernaut that they're not yet. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I was every single week I was like, okay, this is the one where they're going to, you know, muck it up. This is the one where they're going to slip up. And they passed every test. I think right. the big difference is the first few ones. I remember the West Ham game. They made a lot of ugly mistakes and, you know, they had a chance to blow it. And uh, there was another game where they made a lot of ugly mistakes and still ended up winning. Mm-hmm. But, um, this game by far was just the best performance you've seen from them the entire season. It was right. it was electric. And maybe Fulham's not as good as I thought they were. I never thought they were good. I thought they were okay. But um, you guys dismantled them, barring a couple early. Obviously, there was the equalizer. But the second half, it was just absolutely dominant. And that, that counterattacking goal was, yeah. I think, the nicest team goal that I've seen this season. Yeah. Um, it was shades of, like, uh, Wenger Ball at its finest. You know, just the, the, yeah. the quick passing, the creative touches. Got to go back. Got to go way yeah. back for that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, now Wenger gonna... would say, Wenger would say, end the season now because you guys are sitting pretty in fourth place. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, my boy loves a fourth spot. Hey, you know, hey, fourth, fourth is getting us in the Champions League again. So, I think that um, – I don't know if you had anything more planned for for the Arsenal segment. I uh, I I was gonna say if the season ended now, you would be happy, ecstatic, um, bare minimum. How how would you feel? I mean, I I want to play Champions League next year, and I think that we have two routes to do that. And so I would say right now I'm ecstatic. Um, last year it became clear we had one route to do that. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I think that if we can be in a top four position, uh, I'm not buying anybody who's trying to sell me that Arsenal are a title contender right now. Uh, But to me, what I wanted to see from this year was I wanted to get Mm -hmm. it back in the Champions League, and I wanted to just kind of get a little bit more excited about the team to the point where I'd be excited to be in the Champions League and for a new Premier League season next year. And so far, we're tracking well to that. Uh, I really like the development of some guys that I've been just holding on to. Um, holding and Awobi, like I mentioned, those are the two guys um, I've really, really wanted to kind of see in a larger role. Uh, and Holding kind of got it through a couple injuries, but and he's killing in the Europa League. But uh, he ha- when when he's been playing, the team has not conceded a goal when Holding's been playing. Uh, or no, they haven't. <laughs> no, that's wrong. That's a lie. They've lost. They've lost. They've lost. <laughs> They've conceded. What a stat! But no, Turned he, out to be false. Survey says he came in. I'm because I'm just looking at these Europa League games, and we didn't pitch a shutout. I'm sure he started in one of those. But uh, no, the 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 game against Everton was a game that they didn't play well, and they fought, and then Lacazette sco- scored, uh, you know, a fantastic goal. Uh, then the game against Watford was a game where you know Watford was at the top of the table or near the top of the table. Mm. And, you know, they scored two goals after the 80th minute and two nice goals. Uh, so the, there's finding a w- way to win in games where it doesn't always look promising. And if that is going to become part of Arsenal's identity, part of their DNA, I I can live with the, with the, the time that it's taking for Emery to get everything working, get his style working and figure out, you know, whether or not Ramsey and Ozo can play together. And if so, how can they play together? Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I think – you know, Reese Nelson is playing well for Hoffenheim. I think he, he wants to come back in the winter. I don't know if he will. I wouldn't mind him playing Champions League football. You know, he's starting over there for them. Uh, 
but I think he is he's a really promising young guy for us on the right wing. So I think we yeah. can lose Ramsey, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I am I'm comfortable with losing Ramsey. I hope we can sell him in the winter because I don't think he's worth uh, 300,000 pounds a week because that's apparently what he's demanding. Oh, are you serious? He wants close to what Ozil's I, getting made. Yeah. If well, that's, that's true. The problem. If that's, that's like true. That's like the Sanchez dilemma. That's what creates a little bit of disharmony um, in the locker room because yeah. it's so public these days what everyone's getting paid. Um, yeah, I mean, if but, I'd, I'd, I'd pay Ramsey – I don't know what he's getting paid now, but I'd 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 pay him that same amount because I'm sure it's probably in the, you know, high high hundreds would be my guess, maybe mid to high hundreds per week. Um, I'd pay him it that be and let him know he's yeah, it should be, and I, and and I'd, I'd pay him that and I'd let him. I I don't know. He's not in my starting eleven, but no, he's the first guy man. off the bench because he can play so yeah. many different ways and he's really creative and he's got a he's got a, a tank on him, but. For a guy that I'm not willing to put in my starting mm-hmm. eleven, I don't know if I'm willing to pay it's, him that. Yeah, it's funny because you look at this new wave under uh, under Emery, where he's kind of taking his new players that he signed, and then the players who came in under Wenger in like the last season or the season before that, and it almost seems like Ramsey's becoming a relic of old Arsenal that is not worth the the trouble that he's causing. So I completely agree with you on yeah. that point. Really, just on the salary though, because he's still been. He, and that's another thing. I'll appreciate him because he's still he's still playing for the badge. He's had a couple of well. That's games, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's all I mean. Salary wise, like right. Yeah, I don't he's, yeah, think he's a pivotal player. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And I think that there's a lot of him and Ozil struggles when they play together. Uh, I'd like for Mkhitaryan and Ozil to play more, or not Ozil. Sorry, Awobi. I'd like for both of them to play more than they already are. Um, but like you said, it is interesting to see kind of a new manager come in and say, not only develop players, but really draw some lines on who they like and who mm-hmm. they don't. Um, and Jaka has, you know, found his form. Got to give credit there. I think Bellerin's even been a lot better this year. Um, he's uh, has he played every minute? I feel like he's been in. Yeah, yeah. Or every in the Premier game. in the Premier League, I believe he has. He may have Lichtensteiner may have played against uh, Fulham. I just don't remember. Mm. Um, but pain meds. But no, he's yeah he's been he's been good he's been really good um and obviously Lacazette getting in form is is just makes me so happy because I think he's he's pure class and we didn't get to see all of that last season so oh the yeah Leno thing like is a still a debate but it's it's a it's a really awesome thing it's a really awesome place man and I, I can't remember this kind of you, like just comfort around watching Arsenal <laughs> not in for a while now. I mean yeah yeah, I mean, they, yeah. If you look at just like to be continued. Have, yeah, if they have Leicester at home, Sporting, and Crystal Palace away, then Blackpool at home, mm-hmm. and then so. I mean, we'll they should win all those games. Maybe not Sporting. I honestly don't know how good Sporting is. Um, but let's say they win all those games, they'll be on a thirteen-game win streak going into a home game against Liverpool. That right. is a uh, that that there's your measuring stick. Even if they don't well, win all those games, that's that's the measuring stick. Is the beginning of November, so that's that's the game that I'm looking at. Um, hopefully, Arsenal isn't, so they can actually win those games in between. But uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's a no, big. No, I one. mean, um, well, congrats to you and the way the team's <laughs> been playing. And I don't think fun. we can overlook the fun. fact. I don't think we can overlook the fact that they're one and zero of games you've been in person for. That is so. true. 
That is true. The Everton game. It was, um, and I will talk just real briefly on that. It was a, it was my first Premier League game. Uh, first time ever seeing Arsenal play live. Uh, and obviously it was at the Emirates. So like all, just so many different things. Like, you know, dream come true. And what I, what I absolutely loved about watching a Premier League game was how intelligent the, the crowd was. There, there seemed to be a collective attention on the game that you haven't, I haven't exper- experienced in uh, another sporting event, you know, specifically American sporting events, where you know just a, a simple back pass would get a light ovation, and then the swelling of the crowd just as as very subtle positive things are happening. It was very very cool to l- kind of be in that environment, and also the the angry old Arsenal fans in my section just screaming at the ref was was a was a, was a little cherry on top. That was that was quite awesome. You're telling me Fireman Ed can't appreciate a good cover too? <laughs> no, I think the best one is that the ref kind of called a few what from uh, you know near the top of the stadium looked like soft fouls <laughs> in a row, and then this one guy uh, just seemingly without anyone else being all that upset just screams at the ref. Says, "What are you looking at, you fucking muffin?" And that was enough to send me right over the right over the hill laughing. I had not heard anybody be insulted, being called a muffin before, and that was that was mm. enjoyable. It was Take awesome. Take that one home. It was with awesome. You. Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah been calling people fucking muffins left, left, right, and center. muffin this, muffin that. Yeah, uh, but no, that was it was uh, really cool, and I was right in line with uh, Bommy Young's offside goal. Don't know what the linesman was looking at, but. <laughs> If we're talking VR, VAR, I bet you Everton fans would say I want it now. That was the decision of the day. Yeah, not all decisions can be explained. And like I said, offsides <laughs> on goals is kind of like challenging uh, all scoring plays in football. Seems just like a real simple thing to check on every yeah. goal. No, completely. Plays already stopped. Uh, I'm, I'm so surprised that that hasn't been the middle ground decision on VAR while they work out the kinks. Like, How hard is it to implement the – point blank yes or no easy things that you can measure um scientifically i guess is the right word right but like was he on or off you know done deal was the ball yeah. over the line that's one that we're doing why don't we implement that with yeah offside yeah, we're we're 100 there and i think that it, even if i would take is a major step forward the they put that in only on goals so you can't like get a goal where you didn't have a goal but just every single goal that happens make sure the dude was onside yeah well all in all, That's thanks it, for your yeah. service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I was on the ground. I was on the ground. It was, it was, it was, yeah, really, you were boots uh, on the ground. Really fantastic. And I, I'd recommend anyone who's, who's in, uh, in mm-hmm. England find a way to a, to a Premier League match, sit with the, with the home fans. But didn't get yeah. me a prawn sandwich. As you said, I might. <laughs> they had a proper British sausage roll. There you go. You got to be in the booth for that. <laughs> um, so this kind of brings me to my next question or loaded point. Are we agreed that this is a three-horse title race? Oh, this one. This is, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going through. I'm going. Through, I'm already. Uh, con- I'm already counting my team out. So you sure as shit better count your team out. My mind's telling me no, <laughs> but my body. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's it's it's a three-team title race. I'm not going to delude myself into thinking that Arsenal is is um is in this. Talk to me after the Liverpool game because if they win that thing, I'm oh. I'm driving to Vegas Mama. with my life savings, <laughs> and we're going all in on an Arsenal title. 
No, well, yeah, I, I in in each one each one of those teams is interesting because I assume that's kind of the segue that you were going for there. Who do you yeah. like of those three teams? Because I originally said I thought Chelsea was going to crumble and spiral into the uh, into the abyss this season, lose all their players. Hazard yeah, is going to stay so. the year; he's not going in January. And sorry is becoming one of my favorite people oh, in the world. Without so, question. I mean... Like, I almost like Chelsea, and it really upsets me. I mean, talk about conflict of interest when your two favorite managers are from your two least favorite teams. When Sari and when Sari and Klopp just hugged and just chatted like they were at the pub after, you know, a, a title contender's matchup, uh, matchup it just... Top top blokes across yeah, the board. It, it made me it made me so kind of envious of of just that inv- like that that they they have that much respect in their in their competitive yeah. nature that they're still able to have fun at that level. And they that were in that of, yeah. You know, I was that it it kind of just made me happy to to be watching that. And then I remembered who it was and what they represented, and I got furious. I had um I have a buddy at work who's a Chelsea fan, and he was saying. You know, he was pissed off because of the draw. That Sturridge goal was just a freak goal from a game that Chelsea dominated. And, um, you know, agree or disagree with that. But, you know, he was he was upset. And then he saw the two managers, you know, shake hands and hug and laugh about the game. And it's like, that's the beautiful game. We just watched mm-hmm. an amazing game. Right. And in isolation, you've got to love that. You've got to love how good the game was, regardless of the result. And that was that was really nice to see. I agree. Yeah, um, but I guess we could stick on Chelsea just a little bit. I I frankly didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming. I did not think that no. they were going to be anywhere near this good. And even at their best, I thought it was a two horse race. Well, it yeah, might end up I being mean, that, remember but they've got me fooled right now. True, I three horse race right now i if i'm thinking realistically you know i think the wild card surprise package is chelsea but mm-hmm. i do think it's liverpool and city at the end of the day um thinking back to our first our first episode we talked about how if chelsea could hang on to these three key players that would be the best case scenario for them and although courtois has left keppa does not look incompetent and no. i feel like his upside he only has upside it's mm-hmm. not like this is it's not like this is the full package. He reminds me a lot of De Gea in his first season where he's he's really lean, he's a little hesitant to come out, but that's stuff you can teach and you can go He also to the has gym, an amazing you know? back line in front of him. Amazing back line. Right. Oh yeah, so good. Um at Conte. They're just defensively so strong, which mm-hmm. means it makes me feel like they're not going to the banana peel doesn't exist for them the way I think it might for uh you know Liverpool or Arsenal or a team that could just have a few blunders. Like I think they're very you know, you know, mistake averse team. Like, what's the opposite of being prone to mistakes? Like, you know, that I, yeah. I don't yeah. see them I, slipping. I think they have a, a the fullback pairing is I think the best in the league. I just checked my take in real time. I yeah. I can now confirm. I can now confirm my take that they have the best fullback pairing in the league of Azpilicueta okay. and Alonso. Center backs. Would I think it be Moses? No. Would it be Moses? No. Oh, okay. is it? Is it? Do they do five at the back? I saw Moses. I can't come remember off the what bench. they do under. Sorry, I don't. I honestly haven't watched uh, that many. Chelsea I games. am pretty confident they have Aspilicueta on the right and 
Alonzo on the left. And then in the middle, I think the jury's Rudiger. out. I, <laughs> any Rudiger any pairing with David Luiz is a little scary. Rudiger looks solid. He's been good, uh, though. Yeah. I think there's a little trouble in paradise with Christensen and obviously Cahill is, you know, not playing. So center back pairing, maybe not the best, but agreed. It's a solid defense for what it's worth. Um, yeah. And content and in front of them helps everything. Really happy to see Barkley playing well uh, at a top team. English yeah. lad. He's, he's finally, he's finally playing, I think to full potential. Um, and then the man of the moment, the best player in the premier league, Hazard is just out of this world. Yeah, so I, um, I've just been so impressed with the man. I, 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 he's, he's so dynamic. I think he's the 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 guy in the Premier League when I, when he touches the ball, like no matter where he is, you know, he almost has that same quality of Messi. It's just like you, you just you know he's going to attack, and you know people are going to yeah. be around him, and you don't think they're going to be able to stop. Like you want to watch him every time he touches the ball. Uh, you know, there's. There's a there's times where I don't really feel like Salah is a threat. You know, every time Hazard touches the ball, he's a threat. You know, I don't. You know, Kane. I don't know if he's a threat everywhere on the field. Wherever Hazard gets involved, he's a threat. And he's a threat to change mm-hmm. the game. He's a threat to change the game against the best teams in the league. And when you have mm-hmm. that combined with kind of that solid base and a coach that seems to really have the locker room, I. It pains me to say this, but I th- I think it's a legitimate three horse race. If things continue the way they do, um, his I, I think they unreal. will. That's, that's what I think. I think I think things will continue the way they do. The, you, to, you, right. to your point, though, they do rely a lot on uh, on Hazard to be a world class player. I don't think you can win the Premier League without a top notch striker. You know, like an out and out Aguero or um, you know Firmino, and I don't think Morata or uh, what's the what's that guy. Giroud. Yeah. <laughs> I I Some mean, bitch. I think Hazard is con- he's he's got the entire team on his back and I think you need that additional striking um force. No, I I I think that that's that's fair. I've just, but, but yeah, I've been very impressed. I mean, um, dude, you just I think that Messi comparison was was very apt in just the way they run. It looks like they're floating. I mean, I right. picture myself running and it's just it's just ugly. It's an ugly <laughs> run. It's <laughs> also the way the, their ball control when they run. It's like they're they're almost faster and more dynamic with the ball at their feet than yeah, like they, they, are they feel it. more comfortable with the ball at their feet than without completely. Yeah, it's 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 remarkable. Um, so when you when you look at if if you think that you know you need Aguero or Firmino, and then with your backup of Jesus and now Sturridge, who is in seemingly. You know the the second best form of his life. I, I don't want to say all that, but he's almost like turning himself into a super sub. Their goal of the season. <laughs> lock it. Lock this is it. Now your in. third locked goal of the season. But I'm I'm super serious this time. Okay. I mean that one probably was. I think I texted you those. Lock, goal of the season. Yeah. I think I think we can lock it in. To be it fair, was tough we, between we, this one and I can't remember the, the last one I called goal of the season. I already forgot about it. But uh, John Michael, this one, sorry, I believe the Sari, John Michael Sari goal earlier in the year for Fulham. Oh yeah, that one, banger. Uh, Forget about that. This is the yeah. Future. Are we? Are we? Um, are we any clearer on Man City versus Liverpool on your end? Who's 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 your favorite right now? This is a. Um, 
We both picked Liverpool to start the season. Yeah, no, it, it's this is a classic R. Kelly. Um, <laughs> my my take and our pick at the beginning of the season was was Liverpool, but uh, I don't know if this is like a I don't know if this has been talked about, but they have not won in their last four games, all comps, which is weird because they that feel like they're just building momentum, but they've hit a bit of a stutter. They haven't lost, but they've hit a bit of a stutter. They lost or they might have lost to Napoli. Napoli. Lost yeah, Napoli. that's right. So, but they ha- none of those teams have lost in the Premier League. But when I'm looking at Liverpool versus City, the X factor is who's done it before. Let's not forget Liverpool has not won a Premier League title. And that weighs, you know. The Steven Gerrard slip and all that, it, it weighs mm-hmm. on you. I'm not worried about that this early in the season. And... Um... You know, for what it's worth, their last four games were two games against Chelsea, a game against Napoli, and a game against City. Tough stretch, but I'd say they survived it. You know, they got. I would they, argue they, they drew both Premier League games, which I think yeah. is the most important part here. Well, they lost the the League Cup game to Chelsea, and mm-hmm. I would argue they were the second best team, not by much, but the second best team in that other game against Chelsea that they ended up tying because of that Sturridge wonder goal. So. It's it's funny. I think they have the longevity to have a better season than Chelsea, but City, I don't think have looked particularly troubled by anything that's happened. They and should have done it without uh, De Bruyne. I mean, barring the uh, Riyad Mahrez moonshot that is has yet to reach the Earth's surface, <laughs> um, they they should have that's won true. that. They should have won that game against Liverpool. So it's I think it's really theirs to lose. And God, you're making me pick who I'd want to win the title out of City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, which is not like, who you want, who you think. Are you sticking with Liverpool or are you switching to Man City now? I'll keep my take. I'll keep my okay. take. Um, uh, I, I was going to keep it as well. I think that I, I think that they are, you know, they you're going to have ups and downs during your season, and if you want to mm-hmm. look at this as a down. This is a pretty strong down. It's pretty high, pretty high low, you know. And um, right. I think that they have a good enough, easy enough stretch coming up. I don't think that they really are getting challenged until they face Arsenal to begin November. So uh, they got a few games here where they can regain some footing in the Champions League. They do have a tough Champions League group. I guess I guess we can get into all that later. But um, yeah, I think they'll be fine, and I think that it's going to be a fun, a fun little race because I, th- I think Chelsea won't fall that far off the pace. So if either two of these teams slip up, it's going to stay interesting. Mm-hmm. And who knows if Arsenal mm-hmm. or Tottenham or, you know, any of these other teams can can kind of make it a little more interesting in the short term. I don't think they will in the long term, but we'll see. Well, yeah. And I think an interesting space to watch across uh, Liverpool and City are the star players and what's going to happen. De Bruyne is about to come back from an injury. Mm-hmm. What gear? What gear will that take them in if they're not in that gear already? And then Salah is—I mean, he had really lofty um, coming off last coming off last season. It's it's tough to try and replicate that, but I think even by his standard, he's been below par. So these two players coming back to their teams, how can they kick on for the rest of the season? I think that's a huge tone setter. It's funny you say that, and I'll um, I'll have to give shout out to Reddit for the information here, but. Salah's like stats at this point in the season this year versus last season are better. You wouldn't think that, 
which really yeah um you huh. know i think it's really just better in goals per minute like he has the same number of goals but you know it it's 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 but but it's it's this narrative that he isn't quite there and then i think that that might just be you know because you have the season you have you break the premier league goal record you you've entered a different conversation for what is expected of you and wh- and mm. not just what you do but how you perform you know is every right. game that harry kane doesn't score people are 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 dragging his name through the mud you know that's just the expectation now for him um and so he hasn't had that before either. He seems to be kind of living up to part of it, but I wonder if it does beat on him. I do think that Klopp is probably one of the best, if not the best, at you know player confidence and you know getting people in into form and keeping them there. Um, so I think that they'll they'll be okay in the long run. Uh, but it's really exciting for me to see Sturridge uh, back and and contributing the way he is. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really cool. Well, yeah, that's a really interesting stat. I I didn't know that. Um... And I guess a good way to look at it is I don't think the narrative is he's dragging his team down. You know, when you see him on the ball, when you see him in that dynamic attacking line, he's contributing for sure. But it's can he recreate some of that level from last mm-hmm. season? If I think that's going to be a big determinant in whether or not they they lift the trophy. Yeah, and he had he had several several special games, special moments, and not just that he had he had big moments in big games. So I think that right. when you look at that game, right. like these pa- these past stretch of games, those are the games we were looking for that moment that you know him one on one against Alonso and making something happen, or you know finding finding a way to to provide that moment of magic when your team wasn't all the way there, which they certainly weren't against Napoli. Mm-hmm. I did watch all of that game. I I watched most of the City game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just they seem to be missing just a little bit up top. I don't know what it is. You know, just a little bit of creativity, that natural flow. Maybe teams are playing a little bit further back and not let them open up. But uh, I'm very excited for that Arsenal game. I think their styles match up very well in terms of creating a great game for the fans. Uh, right. So I'm I'm really excited for that one. And it's also a good measuring stick for Arsenal. Yeah, um, it will be for sure. Uh, but yeah, that kind of covers yeah. up those the top of the table. No need to talk about Tottenham, really, ever. I don't know if you have any point I, on them. <laughs> I, d- I have literally I think, no thoughts. I I feel for any kind of Tottenham fan that listens to this show because you're an Arsenal fan, and we all know what we think about Tottenham. Shit. <laughs> Thank you. And <laughs> I just have, from a not even hating Tottenham aspect, I have the least amount of respect for them as a contender. Love I just it. don't think Love they're it. for real. I really don't. And I think part of that spills over to the Pochettino debate, you know, as as um, the top of the odds to take over Mourinho if slash when he leaves, Pochettino's in the conversation. I don't care for him as a top-tier manager. I think he's good. He hasn't shown anything. He's consolidated power as like a fourth or fifth place team in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just – I don't – he doesn't do it for me. Okay. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Do you, do you want to get into the uh... – Mourinho management kind of debate like the who, what like the, like who who uh if Mourinho's gone do you have your eye on somebody or are you just hoping that he's able to survive the season or get himself further into the season where you can well you know, start to look at a to... more prominent manager off of a different team it's funny I don't know how controversial this is but to me managers um who are for real or not 
I, on the other hand, think Zidane is 100% for real. And his record in La Liga is not great. But it takes a certain kind of manager. I, granted, Real Madrid has had, with Ronaldo, one of the best teams of all time. Right. Um, but to win three Champions Leagues in a row, you are doing something right as a manager with all those egos in that locker room. And it's 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 so unprecedented that I think you 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 can't avoid giving that guy some credit. Yeah. And I think he'd just be an absolute class act to bring over to the Premier League. And Grant, I, I feel like I'm pretty self aware that a a huge way to counterbalance this Mourinho old way of playing is to bring in a young guy. A relatively new manager and he just tops that yeah. list for me yeah I, I I certainly come from the camp where I'm willing to give Zidane a lot of credit for what he did in Madrid I know not everybody is I think that like you said it's a little foolish I don't need to double down on that point I um, I wonder though if that's like the challenge he wants you know I just I don't I don't necessarily see that being a fit for him truthfully i love the tabloids Uh, that are spotted in england like that's a link (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean it worked for me i thought arsenal signed dembele just because he had dinner with uh abamyang i thought it was all all said and done uh it turns out they were just friends (laughs) zidane Um, referenced something english in conversation yeah done deal um so yeah, one other, while we're on the uh, topic of new managers, shout out to Thierry Henry uh, accepted the man- manager position at Monaco, um, and also Arsene Wenger was offered general manager at PSG. I don't really know what mm-hmm. that means. That might mean, I mean, it means general manager, but what does it mean next year? Like, are they queuing him up for something? I just think it's right. interesting that that offers right. even on the table. No, um, it's, I don't. It's, it's completely. I, I think it's a great fit for him too. Because I think the one thing he has left to really prove is Champions League. And that's a team that only cares about the Champions League. So that could be I'd, – I'd, I'd like to watch him do that. I, th- I think I saw Monaco is is right now at zero points as well. So that's a challenge for him immediately, you know, getting their uh, Champions League season up and running. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose that's also a uh, pretty decent transition there. Uh, if you want to just kind of run through these uh, – the Champions League – um, kind of competition and just see yeah see uh, where we're at see where our predictions are at call out anything you I mean I don't think we're that dedicated you don't have our predictions written down somewhere do you no no I could go no, back to the uh, no I think honor system honor system on this one yeah. uh, group A Dortmund and Atletico both on six points not surprising, but I guess what is is a surprise is Monaco did not take away a single point in um in either of their games. Granted, they were against yeah. Dortmund and Atletico, but you would hope at least one or two points out of that. Yeah, that's that's a a bit surprising, but but no, I I think that we both uh, predicted these teams to come out of this. Uh, Group B: Barcelona, Inter, both full set of points on six. Wow. Tottenham. Obviously, they haven't played PSV yet, which is the clear fourth team in that group. But to not have taken away anything, I think that Inter Milan game was a sucker punch because they were winning and then had two quick fire goals go against them. So yeah, I think they lost that 
that game late. Uh, mm-hmm. And then obviously didn't show too poorly against Barcelona, but it's Barcelona. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting. But they get, they, they get an uphill, uphill climb to get out of that group. Um, the next group what is else? actually really interesting. Group C. You have Napoli on four points. Uh, Liverpool and PSG on three, and then Red Star Belgrade on one. Um, so Liverpool and PSG are playing. Um, Napoli, soon. Napoli is the proverbial Leroy Jenkins to this group <laughs> who uh, came in and fucked shit up. Yeah. And I think if 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 uh, Liverpool or PSG were to not go through, that's like that's inquest that's big. status. That's yeah, big. that's that's yeah. really big. So Napoli is like the uh, the disruptor in the industry. Yeah, I'm a big uh, big Napoli fan right now just because I I I I think things are more fun when there's chaos. So I would especially if it's PSG, like as much Some as I'd like just to see, watch the world burn. Yeah, as much as I'd like to see Liverpool not make it through the group stage, I think I'd even like to watch it happen to PSG more just to see what happens. Oh, completely, 100%. I do not like that team. Yeah, oh well, except you, for Mbappe. Mbappe, so. <laughs> I'm going to Um group D is the group that Anything can happen in. No one really cares about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we probably went with Porto and Schalke. I might have thrown in. Uh, Let's pat ourselves on the back and say Galatasaray no there. <laughs> I well, was about Mert's to say no team, one will so. know. <laughs> <laughs> but you can always go um, back, I guess. Really interesting here. Uh, Ajax and Bayern sitting on top of Group E. Benefica Th- and Athens. Well, I forget so what we interesting, said. But Bayern, or Ajax drew in Munich. Yeah, no, I think we picked Bayern and Ajax because Benfica was coming off a really weird season. So, um, I think that's true. So, but they got they got uh, their points where they they could establish your credentials. New segment. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they'll come right on down. And then Uh, Group F, Leon, obviously having that. That winning game against Man City Big. was a huge one for them. I think Big. these are the two teams to go through regardless. It's if I picked Hoffenheim. Leon can <laughs> I picked Hoffenheim. That was on the that was on the basis that Reese Nelson is on loan at Hoffenheim. You do realize that. Yeah, well he also scored in uh in the Champions League, so I think that that's pretty big. Hey, it's at least hypes me Turn. up. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> uh but no, that one yeah, I think I think City's still fine to get out of that. Oh yeah, I wouldn't I'm, worry. I'm, I'm a I don't. Fan. I don't think anyone's really too worried about that. And that slip up to come in the first game was, you know, good timing. So, mm-hmm. what else? Group G. This oh, is ups, upset of the upset of the Champions League season so far was CSKA Moscow beating Real Madrid. Right. And I think yeah, no we, doubt. we're we're not a La Liga podcast, but apparently we do a little crossover now and i think it's fair to say that real madrid without ronaldo yeah. and with a new manager almost to boost zidane's credentials they're they're struggling yeah i i i again still think they'll be fine to get out of the group uh, but if moscow holds on i think that um it 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 probably sends up a flag a little warning flag for either madrid or roma more obviously more so for madrid but um roma you'd expect would be pretty disappointed to not escape this group. Yeah, I I'm not under any illusion that this table is going to stay the way it is. I think Madrid and Roma are are coming through on gotcha. this one. All right, let's round yeah. it out. We just talked about this a that little earlier, us, but yeah, I mean that brings us to the boys. I'm still I'm still confident that it's going to be Juventus and and Man United, but it's I just, think I 
I think I picked Valencia one to be you did yeah to you be did. a dick, and then the other one because they got uh, Santi Cazorla. But um, shout out I first goal in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always loved uh, people loved forget that it's a guy. penalty, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> guess credit penalty. words do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the the big part here is United sitting on four, Juventus on six, and their next two games are Juventus. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that when we were talking about this in two weeks, uh, Valencia is on seven points. So mm-hmm. where does if that were, put you? If I were Mourinho, I'd say this group was decided on our four games against Young Boys and Valencia, and Juventus mm-hmm. was a bonus. That's that's my message. You so you're be basically able to... you're going to be a big Juventus fan. Any points you can get are the good points, which really means you need a result at Valencia at this point. Right. Since they got one at your place. But not if I'm making the claim that the four games against Valencia and Young Boys are the games you you need to win, I think that sets you up to go play carefree, expressive football against Juventus. So yeah. I think yeah, you can't point. you can't immediately assume that's zero points. It's um it's go out and make the most of it, you know? So sure. yeah, in a sense I think the most important fixture is the away to Valencia. That's kind of the mm-hmm. decider on who goes through there. I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. So when we're when we're looking at this in terms of who might be headed over the Europa League, that would cause some problems for you know any of the teams that were to go through to look to have Champions League ambitions. Um, it seems like Tottenham might be joining, e- even if it's Napoli. One of N- Napoli, Liverpool, or PSG are likely to cause some problems. Uh, potentially even Roma. Um, and I don't yeah. know how good Valencia was, but if it, if if they're able to well, sneak out, I would you know United in the in Europa League is also a dangerous thing. So well, let's let's check in again next time we do this. Could be yeah. next week. Could be two months from now. <laughs> we shall. You see. You never know with the boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what do yeah? So what do we got coming up for the whole the whole league before we before we send it out? Well. I was looking around at different things we could talk about. A quick note on our trouble at the bottom. Mm. We so I mean, admittedly, I don't think we're paying too much attention to the games these teams are playing, but I think we both marked Huddersfield and Cardiff down as teams to go down. And I think that's pretty validated. I have not seen a single thing coming from these teams that make me think they're gonna stay up. To 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 spare a quick minute on Cardiff. Their manager, Neil Warnock, who's been around for a while, um, his post-match interviews do not inspire confidence. <laughs> I've never seen such a I'm just here so I don't get fined attitude from this guy right. when he gets out there. Because he almost, I think one of his responses against one of the top teams was, what do you want me to say when they lost? <laughs> it's like, just admittedly not a solid team going up against a different class of players and uh he's almost resigned to the fact that they are being relegated well they have a what i would call a big early game in the regulation relegation battle coming up um so we probably won't be back next week since the premier league does doesn't return until next weekend so we'll probably talk to you after next weekend maybe like 10 days or so but um cardiff home against fulham there's a big mm. early game in the relegation battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got? What do you got there? Do you think Cardiff is well, able to get their first win? I don't know where you stand on this, but I think let's get Huddersfield and Cardiff out of the way. 
I I have I don't know whether it's deserved or not, but I have a lot of faith in Fulham just based on the investment. Like Wolves Wolves have been the real deal. Mm-hmm. I think Fulham is taking more time to maybe not be at that level, but I think they are on should be on a trajectory to establish themselves in the league. And when I'm looking at that third relegation spot, for me, it's between Southampton and Newcastle, who are just not making any positive signs to stay up. Yeah. So I yeah, think I mean, I I could see that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I'll I'll keep every promoted team in the relegation battle until they prove prove otherwise that's kind of how i see it and fulham hasn't quite cleared that yet like wolves i'm willing mm-hmm. to say they're not they're not they're not a threat to go down um mm-hmm. I, I i'd like to agree with you on fulham like that's what my heart's telling me but yeah they 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 did not look good the fact that callum chambers has fallen out of their starting 11 and even the bench and he's like not good the fact that he was an option at one point <laughs> and then he's sucking that much you are also, flying in the face of your take that he was going to yeah, flourish at yeah. Fulham. <laughs> well, my, I thought he was going to be a big part of Arsenal. I thought he was going to be a big part of the uh, this season. Uh, turns out that uh, Emery preferred Rob Holding. Um, I rated Chambers higher, and I, I think it's 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 about time I ruined my credentials there. Rob Holding is better than Calum Chambers, and it doesn't appear to be close. <laughs> holding holding your hand up on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that okay. So I mean, if that, but in any case, I think that's a really big game for. That might even be like a prove it game for Fulham. Um, I think I thought Cardiff was going to get a. I think that was Cardiff's moment too. I think I I like Cardiff to actually win that game, because yeah. they're winless right now. Fulham's got to win. Yeah. So, uh, but the big game of the were, weekend, I think. Yeah, go go ahead. United at Chelsea. That's how we start the weekend. Is that the four? Don't tell me that's the four thirty game. Yeah, it's the four thirty game for all you for yeah. all you listening yeah. around the world. Yeah, yeah. Might be a uh, shout out. Stan's Donuts might have an early morning Stan's Donuts trip. Ooh. Actually, they don't Ooh, open until like five. It. We don't open until five. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a big game. That's a big game. I know you mentioned wanting to get a split of some kind between City and Chelsea. I'm going to make you decide. What do you want out of this one on the road against Chelsea? Traditionally. We don't do well. Remind me, is is City at home or away? This w- this week or coming up for United? Uh, on that stretch, our our Manchester derby to round out that that uh, rough rough stretch. Uh, let me check. I don't know. Okay, but to to fill some time while you check, <laughs> I think <laughs> here's a song I've prepared for this exact moment. Anyway, here's um, Wonderwall. I. <laughs> I never have much of an expectation, uh, traditionally, United going to play at Chelsea. So if that were to be a loss, I I hate losing to Chelsea, as I do most other title rivals. But it it would be expected, I think. Um, Okay, so let me – I'll just go through the whole schedule. And this is is brutal. Um, Away at Chelsea, home mm -hmm. three days later, Juventus. Home five days later against uh, eligible. Yep. Um then the, that following weekend, away at Burnmouth. Um, mm-hmm. The following Wednesday, away at Juventus. The following mm-hmm. Sunday, away at City. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Backing me into a corner. I got to yeah. chew through. 
Uh oh boy. I would I would still if I had to pick a, a game that I would want to win between those two that you mentioned, I'd rather win away at City. Mm-hmm. Cause I hate okay. I hate the idea that they are the established better team. You gotta keep them in check. Right, right. No, that makes uh that makes total sense. So you th- you're you're I think I think uh I think Chelsea keeps their form, um, unfortunately for um for you in that one. Mm. I don't see I don't see United getting a result there, frankly. Well but we'll see. We'll it's see. gonna be a big game to see what what happens after that second half at Newcastle. Is that the new normal or is that just a a, a burst of inspiration? Um Right. Well I have no no opinions on Newcastle versus Brighton. I don't know if you do. <laughs> Brighton <laughs> just Brighton's away, Dude. Newcastle sucks. I won't be watching, I'll tell you that. No comment. Yeah. Well, Let's maybe let's do this to round it out. I, I was we're coming up to an hour thirty, a traditional Disney movie length of uh, <laughs> talking about soccer, just rambling. Uh, I couldn't find <laughs> I couldn't find enough quotes to fill out another Who's Man segment, but you know we can hold that for the next time. What has happened since we last uh, checked in is Uh-oh. FIFA 19's come out, Ooh. and I know we got a lot of listeners out there who are dabbling in the FIFA game. I'd love to get some initial takes. Do you like the game? Do you not like the game? I do. I do. Um, you you know that I am a a big fan of starting about 400 franchise modes per FIFA game and never making it past the past the first transfer window before I start up a new one and, and do a whole fire sale on the team. But I've committed to this year to doing one franchise mode all the way through. Uh, really it's concerning to, to say the least. Yeah, you really committing to Arsenal's youth development. That is what I'm going for. Um, I I have a plan to replace um, Mustafi at some point with a with a youth center back who's going to pair nicely with Holding. Um, I I am a little concerned that they automatically put Arsenal in the Europa League. I was really hoping they'd accidentally slip me into the Champions League spot, spot year mm-hmm. one, but I am excited to test out my young guys. Um, speaking quality, of just quality assurance yeah. came through on that. Yeah, no, but I'm really, really excited about building one proper franchise. Um, and I'm one game in. I beat City two nothing on Legendary, which isn't the highest uh, highest mode anymore. So I'm one below the highest. You can now do Ultimate. Um, oh, Legendary is yeah. not the toughest. Damn. No. no. Uh, so after I beat Chelsea, worth. it was a, it was a dogfight though, and I got, I got two real scrappy goals. Um, but, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is deciding whether or not to keep Ramsey. That's my big move. Um, I offered him shit wages and a rotation role. And a he, demotion he to is, sporadic player. Yeah, he <laughs> Future first-team player. <laughs> he and his agent stormed out of the office. Um, <laughs> I do think that um, – I really don't have any intention of keeping him past this year, but I will be going into a contract negotiating with – negotiation with check just to see him wear his helmet and suit <laughs> in the office um but i took your advice and turned off the first transfer window so i haven't gotten to a transfer window yet i don't know what i'm gonna do pulisic is always a target i might go with another young center back and get mustafi out of town see if there's some value for him and i might be selling ramsey too i just don't know or i might lie to ramsey and tell him he's gonna be important and then sell him on a new contract yeah worth more it is a double-edged sword to uh, turn off the first transfer window because I have to look at Fellaini's face in the squad every single time I go to pick a team, <laughs> and it just it just makes me angry. Is he I need him 18? gone yesterday. 
Okay, talk to me about what is your formation and your starting 11, since I think that that's a big issue with Mourinho. Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's here's the way I have it lined up, and it's not pretty. Okay. But I do I do a, a five two three wing backs uh, Valencia and Luke Shaw on the left, and I have Smalling and Bailly, and then my fifth is like an unhappy toss up between Lindelof and uh, Phil Jones. I'm not happy about either of them. Why not? I just have to play the back. Well, you got to hear me out here. This it's not okay. the way I play. Okay. So you know, sacrifices Fair have enough. to be made to be a strong manager. Uh, Matic, I I actually to toot my own horn here. I edited the formation, so it's not a boilerplate formation. I took yeah. the two in the middle and staggered them. So I pushed up Pogba up the field and Matic. I dropped him. So I've got two in the middle holding it down. That's Pogba Matic, and then my three up front. I start. Uh, Lingard, Rashford, and Lukaku, and I have Sanchez and Martial off the bench, and Mata. Wow, Sanchez yeah. off the bench. He can't be pleased with yeah, that. Yeah, he. Oh, oh, he's very unhappy. <laughs> he's gone from he's gone from coach. Might I have a word to listen? Listen here. Are you gonna sell him? No, no. He just he needs to understand what it means to be a part of the team. Okay. I can respect that. I'm sure. I'm Who's, sure you uh, can understand that because you strike me as the kind of guy that goes through every single manager's conference and does not skip them. I do. I do. I. Um, you establish a my, narrative. Yeah, my first game, I I decided to uh, unnerve Pep, try to get after him a little bit. Um, in my second game, I unnerved David Luiz. No, I praised David Luiz. I thought that would fuck with him more. So I praised David Luiz before the big Chelsea game, uh, trying to get in his head a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it's going to have an impact, but it, it had an impact against Pep. He was playing a little, mm. a little funny. Mm. Um, he let well, Ozil I, And I would be remiss if I didn't bring up have – you, have you played a Champions League game yet? I did like the um, – the, the, like the, lo- the, loader, the loader game. So I got the experience oh. so far. But I want. But I got a taste, get, and I appreciated it. Full... Sorry, go ahead. I don't want to. I don't want to see it again until I get Arsenal there in the next season. So my goal is the same as uh, Arsenal's in real life. I'm not going to delude myself with title hopes this year. I just want to establish identity because Patrick mm-hmm. Crowley's run the show. Unai Emery is the shortest serving Arsenal manager in history. Yeah, kicked Never out coached for the, the new game. wave. Never even coached <laughs> Sam the game. Al- Sam Allardyce, respect. Yeah, coached yeah. one game. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, he set a new bar, and and so the, I'm really trying to get the team, you know, calm, figure out who I want to use. Uh, it is tough to fit all those guys on the field at the same time, um, but I got an interest, some interesting position battles, interesting things, and, well, I'm, and I'm I'm excited to get into the Europa League so I can start playing with um, uh, some of my young guns a bit. They do have the badges on the jerseys, which is nice, like the different badges. Yeah. Um, but it's not so much about what you're seeing this year as as what you're hearing. And uh, it's a shame that you're not in the Champions League because Lee Dixon, video game Lee Dixon, holds it down oh as the Champions God. League commentator. And I cannot wait for you to hear because they do not pull any punches with this guy. They just told him to get in the booth and be himself <laughs> because he has not changed in video game form. Oh, he is I just cannot wait. trashing the keepers. Whether they do something good, it's not good enough, or bad, they should be sacked. Oh, 
I I can't wait. I might have to just uh, when when I get there next year. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say about Arsenal. But I I might put the the the, the minutes per half to twenty or whatever the top is, just so I get as much time as possible in the Champions League games. They they take realism to the next level where his his disdain at his co-commentator does not get pulled from the game. So I forget who the other guy is. I think it's Derek Ray. He'll say something and Lee's like, oh, you just had to bring that up. And it's like, <laughs> this is a video game. You could have cut that part out. <laughs> but no. Oh, uh, I'm, it's I'm, I'm so excited now. 10, 10 out of 10 across the board. Yeah, I really enjoy the gameplay. Also got LAFC in there. Shout out. Um, they don't have the Bank of California Stadium in there, which is a little, little lame. But, um, but no, it's it's been fun. The gameplay really suits uh, using Ozil as my number ten. I've moved him to the center of the field like anyone with a brain would. Uh, it's taken a little bit of time to get Obama Young and Mkhitaryan comfortable with playing on the wings, but uh, I think we're developing what is going to be the best attack in in the Premier League uh, for years mm. to come. Mm. Well, that feels like as good a place as any is to yeah send our, send our fans off. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. We'll uh we'll probably be back in in a couple weeks since we'll still be on a break until the next game. Man, but, it uh, feels good to be back in the booth. I know, I know. I wish I caught you a little closer to some of these United takes, uh, but obviously I was traveling and and all that. I know, so I've had, I've had too much gonna, time I've, to think things through. I know. I I need to get you real angry. We might. Oh, we should even what? do a couple. Oh. Uh, why don't we Why don't we watch uh why don't we go live? I guess we probably can't go live. We'll figure out a way to go live. You know what we can do? We should go we live. Can start having, we can start having guests. I know a lot of hotheads. Yeah. 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 I know Red a lot hot of hotheads. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well that, that'll be fun. Do we have any um I'd like to get um like a a city Chelsea or Liverpool fan on there because I think that we can kind of like I think our best comes out when when we have to defend our our own teams, and right now we're being pretty nice to each other because you know I neither think, of um, us are right at the mountaintop. We, so we need it. We need to gang up on someone, big time. Yeah, yeah. Just and talk and, about our and really misrepresent how we're going to treat them on the podcast, and then just come hopefully they're them. not listening. Do you know a Liverpool fan who doesn't listen? I'd love to have a Liverpool fan on. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll circle back offline. Just trigger them by telling them I don't think Klopp owns that locker room. Just see what that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll never walk alone. All right. I well, like I think the, that. Yeah. yeah I think that about. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, we're just shooting the shit. I think that about wraps it up for us this week. Um, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. And more good things to come down the line as the season continues to heat up. Uh, we're gonna launch our social. This is all caveated mm-hmm. as it m- might not happen, but disclaimer. Yeah. We're going to launch our social. We're going to get mm. some more regular episodes scheduled and uploaded, and you might even hear a guest or two. Mm. That'd so, be nice. Yeah. Any any last words, Pat? No, just excited to be back. And, again, trying to do it with a little more regularity. Um, and I think we should be pretty well set up to, to keep some content pumping for you guys. So, again, yeah, appreciate all the, the listeners. We'll be engaging on social a lot more. Prep to the prem at all the things. Um, yeah. Roll on. Yeah.